Well, good morning, everyone. Lovely to see you all this morning. Uh, you'll see that we're not in church um, because of new regulations and things. So um, back to how we were with first lockdown. This is, is this lockdown three, four? Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, lovely to see you all this morning. Um, I'm just going to hand over quickly to Mark, who has a notice to make this morning. Hi, everyone. As Steve says, really good to see you all uh, this morning. Um, so in a couple of weeks, well, a week on Thursday, in fact, you probably know that we have Alpha starting. And Alpha is a really great opportunity to share the gospel. But um, we can do all the publicity that, that we want to do. And, and we've sent out loads of invitations and I'll be doing some more. Uh, over the coming uh, week and a half or so. But the majority of people attend Alpha through a personal invite. So I'd really encourage you to pray and think about who you want to Alpha uh, to invite to Alpha. If you want some invitations, um, I haven't printed a load, but if you let me know and I can print some for you, because I don't want to waste paper and, and uh, toner and things like that. But uh, let me know and I'll print you some uh, invites and I can either drop them around or you can come and pick them up from church. But uh, Alpha really only works if, if you invite people along. Um, and if you want to come and attend to support the person you're inviting, that would be amazing as well. Um, so just let me know. And uh, all the information is on our website. It's on Facebook. Um, or you can just drop me an email and I'll, I'll give you all the information as well. Uh, back to you, Steve. Thanks, Mark. Uh, so we're, we're before actually before we move on to, to anything we sing, uh, just to notice that Mark is our host this morning. So if you uh, require prayer after the service, then please can you call Mark or text him on 07921 540840. Um, and then you'll be put into a, a room afterwards to, to with one of the prayer team. Um, let's um, let's start with a word of prayer. Um, and then what we're going to do is we're going to have we're going to have three songs. Um, and at the end of that, I'm going to allow us to unmute um, into a time of, of open praise. Um, it's it's good to pray for things that are happening in the world. And we'll be doing that as well. But it. At the start and through what we're all going through at the moment, it'd be good to praise our God. God is in control. We know that. We know through everything that we're going through that God is still in control. The world may seem crazy at the moment, but our God still reigns. So, Father God, as we come to worship you this morning and to praise your holy name, Lord, would you just be lifted up on our praises? We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Holy, holy, 
life for all the world Behold, He now lives forevermore And holds the keys of death and hell Worship your holy 
strength is failing The end draws near and my time has come Still my soul will sing your praise unending Ten thousand years and then
sound of singing Lift up His name in all the earth Lift up your voice and give Him glory For He is worthy to be praised Lift up His name with the sound of singing Lift up His name in all the earth Lift up your voice and give Him glory For He is worthy to be praised For He is worthy to be praised For He is worthy to be Let's just bring uh, prayers of praise before our God this morning. You want to unmute yourself and then mute yourself afterwards. But please, let's just bring our prayers of praise before our God this morning. From Isaiah 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. I've helped him with a serving, each with six wings, with two wings covering their faces, and two covering their feet, and two were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord, God Almighty. The whole earth is full of your glory. At the sound of their voices, the footsteps, the footposts, and the thresholds shook the temple, was filled with smoke. Majesty, majesty. How, Lord, we need a fresh revision of your vision of your majesty afresh on this poor world. Amen. Well, Father God, we often think of you in the light. We talk about Jesus being the light of the world. But Father, our world seems really dark at the moment. But this morning, Father, I was reminded that you're in the darkness too. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering. So Father, I thank you that you are a God of light, but that you're also there in the darkest times as well. And we just thank you for that. Amen. Father God, we thank you for your amazing power and work in our lives. Thank you for your goodness and for your blessings over us. Thank you for your great love and care. Thank you for your sacrifice so that we might have freedom and life. Forgive us for when we don't thank you enough for who you are, for all that you do, for all that you've given. Help us to set our eyes on our and our hearts on you afresh. Renew our spirits. Fill us with your peace and joy. We love you. We need you this day and every day. We give you praise and thanks. For you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name. Amen. You didn't hear me.
John said in Revelation, I looked, and lo, in heaven, a dove door. And a voice said, come up hither, and I will show you what must take place. At once I was in the spirit, and lo, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne, and he who sat there appeared like Jasper and Carlean, and a rainbow was round the throne. Around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures, full of eyes in front and behind. The first living creature was like a lion, the second like an ox, the third like a face, has a face like a man, and the fourth creature like a flying eagle, each of them with six wings and eyes all around. And day and night they never cease to sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is, and is to come. Thank you for your Lord. Thank you for your word, Lord. Amen. Oh Lord, I thank you for the beautiful weather yesterday and the ability to get out and about. I thank you, Lord, that we live in a country where we have a health service. And I thank you, Lord, that we all have enough to eat, that we have warm houses, uh, and that we have everything, actually, that we need. Thank you, Lord. Find rest, O oh my soul, in God alone. My hope comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I shall not be shaken. My salvation and my honour depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to him, for God is our refuge. We thank you and praise you, O Lord, for the truth of those words. We thank you that... We thank you for the hope that can only come from you. We thank you for our salvation, that you are our rock, our fortress, and that because we trust in you, we'll never be shaken. Help us, Lord, to trust in you, and we praise you that you will never let us down. Amen. So I'm just going to hand over to, to Martin now, who's going to lead us in a bit more of an intercessory prayer. Um, there's a few notices he's going to give us part of that, but I'm just going to hand over to Martin now. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Steve. Um, just some uh, fellowship news um, that just to update you with that we can uh, pray into. Uh, just sad news, which a number of you will, will know about, but a, a, a young family in our church, Ile and Victor and their three children. Um, Victor had a, a devastating brain stroke uh, in the early hours of, of yesterday morning, which has unfortunately left him in a, in a coma and uh, he's unlikely to, to wake up. Um, and so please pray for the three children and for, for Ilay. Um, Victor is only 40, 45 years old. Um, they have no family in this country. They're all in Nigeria. And uh, thanks to everyone who's volunteered uh, to provide food, um, please, uh, please do uh, contact myself or Sarah, and we're organising a, a rotor of, of, of hot meals uh, to take round. But 
delay has a very difficult decision to make later today regarding the, the life support that he's on. So please, please lift, uh, please lift Victor and Elaine uh, and the children before God. An update on uh, Josh Hayes. Um, he goes for chemotherapy treatment um, on the 13th of January. So uh, Julie, Julie is, is down there supporting uh, Josh. Um, so please pray, pray for that on the 13th. Um, obviously, you, you, through the prayer chain, you've heard of um, Roger Clover, who's now home after his uh, heart surgery. And uh, please, please, though, pray for Angela and Roger and the family, because obviously Angela's mother, Ivy, has died, and they're making preparations for, for the funeral. So pray for God's comfort and strength uh, for them. Pray for those uh, in our fellowship who are... Um, Suffering with uh, with COVID nineteen at the moment, I think of uh, I think of John and Judy Straker, and there are others too who are who are actually suffering at this time with with COVID. And please pray for for Janet Mills. Um, Janet is back at home, but she she has ongoing uh, treatment for for her condition. So continue to lift uh, Janet uh, to to God in prayer. I'm going to lead uh, the prayers this morning, so please don't uh, unmute. And I will uh, just give. There are many names that I haven't mentioned this morning, um, but I'm going to give some space for you to pray your own prayers for the people um, that are on your heart as well, because I appreciate that there are people here from different churches and, and uh, outside of Surrey who, and you will need to make your own uh, prayers in the, in the quiet. So. Let, let's pray uh, before God. Father, we, we, we thank you that, um, as uh, Alison has, has reminded us, that you are our rock and our fortress. And uh, we thank you that we can come to you, the, the faithful one, the rock who doesn't move, who is unchanging and utterly faithful. And Lord, you promise to lift us out of the miry pit and we thank you, Father, that we can cry out to you and you promise to hear our prayers and to lift our feet out of the miry clay and to place them on solid ground. And Father, we would want to lift uh, Ile and the family before you today, Lord, as they face a, a very, very difficult day today. We, we ask, Lord, that you would just pour out your comfort um, by your spirit, your strength will be to them everything that they need and i pray lord that there would be you would provide a friend who can come and stay and bubble with uh, with ila um, and support the, the family through this incredibly difficult time lord and lord we pray we pray for roger thank you that uh, he's safely through the operation through the, and we we ask lord that you would bring healing to this uh, stent um lord and that you would be with angela and the whole family, Lord, as they mourn the loss of Ivy and they make preparations, Lord, for the funeral. Just be with them in that, Lord. Strengthen them, give them wisdom, we pray. For John and Julie Straker, Lord, and others who are suffering the effects of, of COVID at the moment, we, we pray for them, Lord, that you would bring healing and strength and that you would watch over them and guard, guard their physical health and their emotional and spiritual health too, we pray. Lord, for Josh, Hayes, and Julie, and Simon, and the family, Lord, we, we, we just lift them all before you, Lord, and we ask that you would be uh, in the chemotherapy that Josh is having and begins next week. Lord, bring healing to his body, we pray, 
and give him strength, Lord, as he faces uh, a treatment, Lord, that's going to affect his physical body in lots of different ways. Lord, be to him everything that he needs and cause him, Lord, through this to draw closer to you, we pray. Lord, for Janet Mills, we, we thank you that Janet is back at home. But Lord, we're, we're very aware of the ongoing treatment that she needs to have. And so, Father, I lift Janet before you today and just ask Holy Spirit that you would comfort and strengthen her and bring your healing grace to her in Jesus' name. And with just a, a couple of moments of, of quiet where we let's bring the people on our hearts to, to God for a touch of his healing and grace and mercy. We ask all these prayers in and through the mighty name of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. So I'm just going to hand over to Mark now for uh, his talk. Morning, everyone. So this morning we're continuing to look at Ezekiel. Now, we heard last week that Ezekiel was a prophet and a priest, and he was living in exile by the Kiba River in Babylon. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down. Yeah, yeah we will, when we remembered Zion. As Ezekiel meditated by the river, he felt the Lord take hold of him, and he saw a vision. The vision displayed the glory of God, and it's demonstrated how God's glory is the same in times of trouble, like exile, or times of plenty. So I thought it might be helpful to have a look at this vision. So what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read an abridged version of Ezekiel chapter 1 as we look at the images. As I looked, I saw a great storm coming from the north, driving before it a huge cloud that flashed with lightning and shone with brilliant light. There was fire within the cloud, and in the middle of the fire glowed something like gleaming amber. From the centre of the cloud came four living beings that looked human, except that they each had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight and their feet had hooves like those of a calf, and they shone like burnished bronze. Under each of their four wings I could see human hands. So each of the four beings had four faces and four wings. Each being had a human face in the front, the face of a lion on the right side, the face of an ox on the left side, and the face of an eagle at the back. Each one had a pair of wings stretched out, and the other pair covered its body. They went in whatever direction the spirit chose, and they moved straight forward in any direction without turning around. 
the living beings looked like bright coals of fire or brilliant torches and lightning seemed to flash back and forth between them and the living beings darted to and fro like flashes of lightning as I looked at these beings I saw four wheels touching the ground beside them one wheel belonging to each the wheels sparkled as if made of beryl all four wheels looked alike and were made the same each wheel had a second wheel turning crosswise within it the beings could move in any of the four directions they faced without turning as they moved the rims of the four wheels were tall and frightening and they were covered with eyes all around when the living beings moved the wheels moved with them when they flew upwards the wheels went up too the spirit of the living beings was in the wheels so wherever the spirit went the wheels and the living beings went also spread out above them was a surface like the sky glittering like crystal beneath this surface the wings of each of the living beings stretched out to touch the others wings as they flew their wings sounded to me like waves crashing against the shore this surface was something that looked like a throne made of blue lapis lazuli and on this throne high above was a figure whose appearance resembled a man from what appeared to be his waist up he looked like gleaming amber flickering like fire and from his waist down he looked like a burning flame shining with splendor and all around him was a glowing halo like a rainbow shining in the clouds on a rainy day this is what the glory of the Lord looked like to me so what is this image of the glory of God telling us well, there are so many things that you could draw out from this, and I'm sure Martin will tell us a little bit more later. But there's just a couple of points that I wanted to make. Remember, the Israelites were in exile in Babylon. The question for them was, where was God? God's presence resided in the Holy of Holies in the temple in Jerusalem. But they weren't in Jerusalem. So where was God? This vision shows us that God's presence is not restricted to one single place, but is everywhere. He was with the Israelites in Babylon, and he's with us now. Furthermore, the image of the throne set above the sky shows God's rule over the whole of creation. God is in control. 
And the image of the halo, like a rainbow, reminds us of God's promise to Noah that God will never again allow the destruction of the earth, but will protect us as we trust him and follow his commands. But now, as we enter another period of lockdown, we need to realize that even in our darkest hours, when we're feeling helpless and sometimes hopeless, God, our loving Heavenly Father, is still in control and he is our hope and our joy. So what are we going to do? Wallow in despair and despondency or focus on the glory of the one true, ever-present, all-powerful, redeeming God who will never leave us or forsake us. Right, so I now get to, to read the unabridged version of what we've just um, heard from Mark. So here's the reading from today. It's the whole of Ezekiel 1. In my 13th year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, whilst I was among the exiles by the river Kibar, the heavens were opened and I saw visions of God. On the fifth of the month, it was the fifth year of the exile of King Jehoiachin. The word of the Lord came to Ezekiel, the priest, the son of Buzi by the river Kibar in the land of the Babylonians. There the hand of the Lord was on him. I looked and I saw a violent storm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. The centre of the fire looked like glowing metal and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. In appearance their form was human, but each of them had four faces and four wings. Their legs were straight, their feet were like those of a calf and gleamed like burnished bronze. Under their wings, on their four sides, they had human hands. All four of them had faces and wings, and the wings of one touched the wings of another. Each one went straight ahead. They did not turn as they moved. Their faces looked like this. Each of the four had the face of a human being. And on the right side, each had the face of a lion, and on the left side, the face of an ox. Each also had the face of an eagle. Such were their faces. The, the, they each had two wings spreading out upwards, each wing touching that of the creature on either side, and each had two other wings covering its body. Each one went straight ahead. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go, without turning as they went. The appearance of the living creatures was like burning coals of fire, or like torches. Fire moved back and forth among the creatures. It was bright and lightning flashed out of it. The creatures sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. As I looked at the living creatures, I saw a wheel on the ground beside each creature with its four faces. This was the appearance and structure of the wheels. They sparkled like topaz and all four looked alike. Each appeared to be made like a wheel intersecting a wheel. As they moved, they would go in any one of the four directions the creatures faced. The wheels did not change direction as the creatures went. Their rims were high and awesome and all four rims were full of eyes all around. When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved, and when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. Wherever the spirit would go, they would go, and the wheels would rise along with each of them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. When the creatures moved, they also moved. When the creatures stood still, they also stood still. 
And when the creatures rose from the ground, the wheels rose along with them, because the spirit of the living creatures was in the wheels. Spread out above the heads of the living creatures was what looked something like a vault, sparkling like crystal and awesome. Under the vaults, their wings were stretched out one towards the other, and each had two wings covering its body. When the creatures moved, I heard the sound of their wings, like the roar of rushing waters, like the voice of the Almighty, like the tumult of an army. When they stood still, they lowered their wings. Then there came a voice from above the vault, over their heads, as they stood with lowered wings. Above the vault, over their heads, was what looked like a throne of lapis lazuli, and high above on the throne was a figure, like that of a man. I saw from that from what appeared to be his waist up, he looked like glowing metal, as if full of fire, and that from there down he looked like fire, and brilliant light surrounded him. Like the appearance of a rainbow in the clouds on a rainy day, so was the radiance around him. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. When I saw it, I fell face down, and I heard the voice of one speaking. Let's just pray for Martin as he comes to speak to us now. Father God, we thank you for your awesomeness, for this vision that uh, we can explore this morning. Just be with Martin now as he shares the word to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steve, for leading us so well in uh, worship. And thank you to Mark for that great, uh, great talk. And really, really brought the reading to life. And quite a challenge, that. But you did a great job. So thank you, Mark. And uh, it's really helped me uh, to preach on this difficult passage. Um, I've called this the God who is infinite and personal. Um, I've departed from the book because I felt that God was... Uh, was taking us in this direction today. Um, I don't know about you, but I've never felt so frail and so aware of, of my own mortality and powerlessness as a human being. Um, none more so last night than when we were sat at the a bedside in a hospital, just feeling completely useless and uh, praying, of course. But, uh, you know, you just, there are times when you just feel um, that you are utterly powerless and unable to, to do much. And that was certainly how we felt last night there in hospital. And uh, I would urge you all to pray for hospital staff. The, the uh, doctor that uh, came to speak to us uh, was on his second out of, of three shifts back to back. And uh, they are completely, as you can imagine, overwhelmed and on their knees. So um, please, please do pray for um, our hospitals who are just doing amazing work coping with oh, being overwhelmed with COVID patients but then having heart attacks, strokes, cancer patients alongside all of that. It's, it's just completely overwhelming. Um, talking of being overwhelmed, uh, Ezekiel was completely overwhelmed by this awesome mind-blowing vision that God gave to him so much so that he fainted at the end of it. He fell over face down in the face of the glory of God. And I don't know about you, but I need a God who is big enough and powerful enough and sovereign enough and all-knowing enough to carry me through this pandemic. And yet I also need a God who is personal and relates to me in my humanity, and weakness and frailty. And that's the God that we meet here in the book of Ezekiel. And you'll notice that the, all the fireworks and awesomeness moves uh, into lots of sound 
um, rushing water sounds. And then at the end, as you move into chapter two, we simply have the voice of God telling Ezekiel to stand up on his feet. So we move from an awesome firework display that's beyond words to noise and the rushing of water and the awesomeness of God, simply to God relating to Ezekiel with a voice. And that's that tells us that God is beyond our comprehension and understanding. He is more powerful, more sovereign than we can imagine. And yet he addresses us each by name. He relates to us personally. Now, that is so important, isn't it? We need a vision of a God who is infinite, beyond comprehension, but a God who comes to us in our weakness and humanity and says, I love you. I care for you as an individual. And that's what we see in this vision. Um, words fail Ezekiel, don't they? He can only use language like something like or had the appearance of the likeness of. He doesn't dare try and describe the fact that he's seen God. It's as if words are insufficient here. He, God is so beyond our understanding. Um, I don't know if you've ever had one of those dreams that's mind blowing where you, you kind of try and describe it to somebody in the morning and you're kind of struggling with words to find. Well, that's Ezekiel here. He's trying to describe the indescribable. We sing a song, don't we? Indescribable, uncontainable. That's what this vision is saying. You know, the, the Israelites expected God to dwell in a temple, but God is so much bigger than a temple and an Ark of the Covenant. He is awesome. He can even travel and be with the exiles hundreds of miles away in Babylon. He's not contained by the temple. He breaks out of the temple. In fact, his glory leaves the temple, as we'll leave in, learn in Ezekiel chapter 10, and comes to the exiles by the river Kiva in Babylon. Why did Ezekiel receive this vision? Why did God not just speak to him personally? As he does at the end of the vision and into chapter two. I think it's because Ezekiel and the people needed a mind-blowing vision of the God who is bigger and more awesome than they could ever imagine. And that's the, that's the vision that we need today, isn't it? In a world of chaos, in a world of COVID pandemic, in a world where our NHS is being overwhelmed, we need to know that God is sovereign and in control and is beyond our wildest imagination. And yet he relates to us and loves us and cares for us individually. And this is what God did with the, with the exiles. There they were, hundreds of miles away from home, from the Jerusalem temple. They would have been wondering, where is God? Has God forsaken us? Has God abandoned us? Is he still with us? Is he able to rescue us and bring us back to Jerusalem? How will we ever sing the Lord's song again in a strange land? I don't know about you, but I'm aching and longing to be able to sing the Lord's songs again with his people in church. How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? That was the people of Judah, far away from home, unable to sing the Lord's song. And God comes to them, even in exile, which they brought on through their own rebellion against God's laws. He comes to them and he gives them an awesome vision of himself. God is involved in our exile experiences, as we learned last week. We may feel and be wondering, where is God in all this mess? Well, God is in the mess. God is in those exile experiences, 
even where we feel despondent, weak, powerless, God comes to us with an awesome vision and says, I am beyond your comprehension. I am able to do immeasurably more than all you ask or imagine, according to my power that is at work within you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Isn't that good news this morning? So let's take a look at this incredible vision. First of all, God in the windstorm. The vision begins with a storm and ends with a throne. God often appeared in the Old Testament in a, in a storm or a fiery cloud. Do you remember the uh, pillar of cloud and fire that um, led the Israelites out of Egypt into the promised land? And this mighty windstorm comes from the north. Verse four uh, says this. I looked and I saw a windstorm coming out of the north, an immense cloud with flashing lightning and surrounded by brilliant light. Now, that's significant because that's telling us that God is coming from the place where enemies normally come out of. So Babylon, Assyria are described as coming out of the north. And God is coming out of the north because he's coming against his own people this time as the divine warrior in judgment. His people have rebelled against his laws and incurred covenant curses on themselves. And so God is coming to judge his people in exile. And inside this windstorm are living creatures with legs and wings. There's torches of fire moving between the living creatures, signifying God's holiness, God's purity, his perfection without sin. And alongside the living creatures are various wheels within each wheel something like a gyroscope of wheels, which can move in any direction. Um, and then I always seem to get the trolleys in Tesco where the, where the wheels seem to go in every direction that you don't want them to. Anybody else? Okay, just me, oh, there's a few. Um, well, the, these wheels within wheels, were not like the casters on a broken Tesco trolley that go everywhere that you don't want them to. They went everywhere that the living creatures, the cherubim wanted them to go. They were the the spirit of the cherubim was in the wheels. And this chariot, this throne chariot that God rides on is under the direction of the Holy Spirit through the cherubim carrying it. So here we have a picture of the divine warrior riding in his chariot. Um, the imagery of the Lord riding on a storm surrounded by fire and lightning was a common way of describing the coming of God as the divine warrior. The wheels represent a divine chariot. Here's the warrior king, but this time he's coming to uh, fight against his own people, Judah. They have rebelled against him and he is coming in judgment. The destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, their experience of 70 years of exile are because they have incurred covenant curses on themselves. But the other side of judgment, God promises restoration and a return for his people back to Jerusalem. But first, they must be judged in order that God might lovingly cause them to repent and turn back to him. The Lord's throne is supported by living creatures called cherubim, we learn in Ezekiel 10. They are the throne bearers, if you like. And each of these cherubim have four faces, each that of a man, a lion, an ox and an eagle. The lion depicts God's strength and glory. The eagle symbolizes God's swiftness and mobility. The ox symbolizes God's power and the man symbolizes God's wisdom and re reason. So these cherubim symbolize that God is infinite 
He is sovereign, reigning and ruling over all on the throne. He is all-knowing and all-powerful. He is all-seeing. He is present everywhere. He's able to be anywhere on the earth in a flash. So these four living creatures, four heads, four wings, the repetition of the number four tells us that God is able to be omnipresent everywhere in the four corners of the earth. He is all-seeing everywhere. And the wheels, um, like freewheeling casters, enable God to swiftly move wherever his presence is needed. And here God is coming to his people in exile. And then we have the throne um, above the sea of crystal, above the cherubim and the wheels. There's a, cr a crystal, it was above a crystal expanse or dome which sparkled like ice. And above this great crystal platform was what looked like a throne, a brilliant rich blue made of lapis lazuli, kind of sapphire. And on the throne sits a fiery human figure surrounded by something like the appearance of a rainbow on a rainy day. No wonder Ezekiel falls down and faints at this vision. It's overwhelming and mind-blowing. Ezekiel is simply overcome with the glory and majesty of God. And at the end of the vision, Ezekiel hesitates even to say that he's seen God. Verse 28, he writes, this was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. Do you see his hesitation to say he's seen God? As if he could describe and contain God. Alan Hearn, very helpfully earlier on, um, read Revelation 4, verses 1 to 8. The Apostle John saw the same throne and the, a similar vision to Ezekiel in chapter 1 here. So thank you, Alan, for reading that. So many of the features that you see in Revelation 4 are there in Ezekiel 1, which tells us that the same God who, who appears to John at the end of the age is the same God who comes to Ezekiel in the Old Testament. Isn't that incredible? We worship the same God as the Apostle John, who's seeing a vision of the end, as, as the God who came hundreds and hundreds of years ago to the exiles in the Old Testament. God is on the throne. Both covenants say that. And Revelation 4 tells us that God is on the throne at the very end of the age, in glory and majesty, in his sovereignty. There's three things I want to finish with by way of application. First of all, God is ruling over everything. The God who appeared to Ezekiel in Babylon is the same God who is reigning over his world today. The image of a throne speaks of authority and power. God's throne is the seat of his rule over history. God reigns over the past, the present and the future. That's good news, isn't it? Today, where we see a world in chaos. God is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The throne of God is also his place of righteousness and justice. God is working his purposes out mysteriously in the world. He is bringing his justice and righteousness on his timetable. We worship a God who is not like us. It, that's good news. Can you imagine if God was a, a, a slightly better version of us, a bit more loving, a bit more compassionate, a bit kinder, a bit more merciful? He wouldn't be the God who, who held the world in his hands. He wouldn't be the Lord of history, but he is the sovereign, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-seeing God who holds the world and history in his hands. And so when we, whenever we come to worship, we come to worship with awe and wonder, 
that God in his glory and majesty and his incomprehensibility should make himself known through his son, Jesus Christ. And that the writer of Hebrews should say to us that we can come confidently, boldly approaching the throne. Isn't that wonderful? That we can approach this God through Jesus who bridged the gap in his divinity and humanity between this awesome God and us and enables us to know God and for God to call us by name. Second, God is present everywhere. There are no circumstances in this world which are beyond God's presence and intervention. Um, God was present even in exile, even in a place of strange gods and idols, even in a place where God's, God was not worshipped. God was present and came to the exiles. And although we live in a world where um, chaos and darkness seem to be reigning right now, whether, whether we look at the, the state of America or the situation with COVID in our nation or our NHS being overwhelmed, it would appear that the forces of chaos are running rampant. And yet God is present everywhere. God is sovereign, sovereign over the global realities of this world, including the pandemic, but he's also sovereign and in control of every part of our lives, every detail of our lives. The, the rainbow above the throne tells us that God is faithful to his promises, doesn't it? Just as God was promised Noah that he would never destroy the earth again, so God is faithful to his promises in the new covenant through Jesus, that never will I leave you, never will I forsake you, and that one day you will inherit a new heaven and a new earth where all pandemics all suffering, all death, all pain will be brought to an end. That's the God, the covenant God who makes promises and who holds good on those promises. God says to you in your exile experience, whatever it is, whether you're suffering from COVID, whether you feel isolated from family and friends, whether you're struggling with illness on behalf of others, whatever your experience of exile is today, God is present in it. If, you, if you're the only Christian in your family and you feel isolated, God is present there in exile with you. God's presence is not limited to the temple in Jerusalem. Thank God that in this pandemic, God's presence is not limited just to the church. Otherwise, we couldn't meet with him on Zoom, could we? God's presence is with us in our homes and even through the medium of Zoom. I don't know about you, but I long to be able to worship together in church. I'm praying for that day. But for the moment, God, I'm sure that God's warrior king chariot is coming to us. His presence is coming to us in our homes as we meet on Zoom. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. Lastly, God comes in judgment and mercy. God's presence, God's presence comes to his people here predominantly in judgment. You see, God is a holy God who must judge evil and sin. And it's the sin of Judah that's got, a, got them into this pickle. They have been told time and again by the prophets, including Jeremiah and, and Ezekiel and others, that if they continue to break God's covenant laws, that they will be scattered in exile. And that's exactly what's happened here. And so God comes as the warrior king against his own people, first of all in judgment and eventually in restoration and return for a faithful remnant. But in the new covenant, of course, God did not pour out judgment on our sin. He poured out his righteous judgment and wrath on his own son, Jesus, who died, 
bearing the weight of the punishment of death on our sin in our place. Jesus bore the curse which was ours to bear in our place as our substitute on the cross. And so the wonderful good news and promise of the new covenant is that if we will turn to God through Jesus, Jesus deals with, takes away, forgives our sin and the covenant curse on our sin, which is eternal separation from God, is removed. And we can look forward to a, a new heaven and a new earth in eternity with God. That's the good news of the new covenant. But until Jesus comes again to bring that final judgment and to renew creation for believers to live in, we live in a cursed and fallen creation. Ever since Adam and Eve first fell and the creation was cursed, we still live with earthquakes, famines, wars, and pestilences like COVID-19. In fact, Jesus said that these are the warnings that we live in the last day. As we see these things, we're reminded that this age is coming to an end, that Christ is coming again. I don't know if you've ever read The Problem of Pain by C.S. Lewis, but he says this. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. That sounds hard, but I believe it's true. God, God is lovingly seeking the attention of people on this earth, particularly in our nation at this time. He's seeking people who will turn to him and be saved. God is seeking our attention as a nation through the pain and tragedy of lockdown. And he's saying, when you come to the end of your own resources, when you realize your weakness and powerlessness, I am here. I am always sovereign. I love you. I've given my son to die for you, to rescue you, to bring you into heaven. But folks, there's a, there's a responsibility for here as Christians, for us as Christians. How are they going to hear? How are they going to know unless we tell them? God uses instruments, agents like you and me as Christians to tell the good news that Jesus has come and has rescued us by dying for our sins on the cross and that he is coming again. God wants to use you and I to make his good news known. But I want to finish with this. God, through this vision, reminds us that he is the all-powerful, infinite, sovereign God who is in control of your life and my life and the world that he's made. But he's also the God who reaches out personally through his own son and calls people home from exile. But he uses people like you and me to call people home. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you that you came to earth and you died on the cross so that people could come home from exile and know the father in this life and for eternity. So, Father, help us to make you known. Help us to make the good news of Jesus known to our family, work colleagues, friends. And Lord, for all of us who are experiencing exile, we pray, Holy Spirit, that your presence would come to us. Strengthen us, comfort us, pour out your joy in us, we pray, that we might be glory carriers and make Christ known to a hurting and broken world. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, uh, Martin. So as we as we come to the end of our service, one day we will all stand before the throne of God. One day we will see that vision. One day all of us will
be able to worship our God um, in spirit and truth and in, in a way that we can never imagine right now. Just see, hearing what, what Ezekiel went through, can you just imagine what that's going to be like for each one of us? It's going to be amazing. And so let's worship. stand before your throne dressed in glory not my own what a joy I'll sing of on that day no more tears or broken dreams forgotten is the mind king everything as it was meant to be and we will worship worship in your presence we will sing we will worship worship you an endless hallelujah to the King I will see Love you with unsinning hearts See how much you pay to bring me home Not till then, Lord, shall I know Not till then how much I owe Everything I am before your throne We will worship presence we will sing, we will worship, worship you, an endless hallelujah to the King. 
So just a reminder that if you'd like prayer, uh, then please contact Mark on 07921 540840. Um, I'm going to leave you with this as a blessing.
So thank you for joining us this morning. Um, pray you'll be blessed this week as you go out into this week. Um, and you can now unmute. Thank you for joining us.